0: tuning you in now
1: to the lbx daily show
0: brought to you by the lbx collective
1: your community to connect engage and inspire now let's get ready to roll with your hosts christine Veer and brandon wiley all right it's a monday getting closer monday. and closer to our 100th episode
0: Oh my gosh, that's scary. <laughs> well, wow, we're going to have to put the party hats on for that, aren't we?
1: I know, I know. Still have to figure out what we're going to do for that show, but it'll be, it'd be good.
0: Yes, it's going to be fun.
1: All right. We'll, to- well, let's kick things off with talking about birthday university. So... Uh, birthday University is coming up on January 30th, to 31st. For those of you who've never heard of it, uh, which would be crazy because Frank Price has been running this program now for uh, a good number of years, a couple of decades, and uh, it's obviously evolved to stay in line with the times, but what's great about Birthday University is it's a two-day session and you learn everything about running a high-revenue-producing, top-notch birthday and a birthday party for your guests. And uh, Ben visited that the program many, many times. And actually, Christina and I are going to be there again on January 30th in Orlando. So one of the things we're doing, though, as part of this is, let's see here, throw it up here. So if you go to lbxers.com slash BU, you can get a scholarship, so it's three hundred ninety nine dollars typically for the first student. But we actually have, uh, you know, the student being you or somebody on your team. Uh, but we actually have the ability for we have a couple of scholarships available, and it covers the whole thing. So it'd be uh, you know three hundred ninety nine dollars scholarship basically. So you go to Bertha University for free. So highly recommend anybody hopping on and filling out that form and then joining us in Orlando for birthday university. it will be great. it will be a really good time, really solid content. And I also highly recommend if you can't make it, uh, you send somebody from your team there as well.
0: Yeah, please absolutely. Like share this around. There's, it's it's such a beneficial program. I'm I'm so excited. I've actually never been for all the years I've watched Frank do this program over and over again, you know, like visually as he's advertising it and thought I need to Mm -hmm. go to birthday university one year. So I'm super excited that uh, we're going to have the opportunity to actually attend.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It should be, uh, it should be good. It's, it's a good program.
0: Yeah. And Hey guys, we'd love to see you there and just be able to hang out. You know what I mean? Shoot the, oh, bad word. <laughs> just hang out and have some fun. So anyway. <laughs> All right. Okay. Speaking of other things that are fun, uh, you know, getting your hair and your nails done is fun as far as I'm concerned. Um, But something I was super excited to see this morning was that Morgan's Wonderland has opened up this all-inclusive hair and nail salon, which is super cool. So it's an um, ultra-accessible salon that's close to their Morgan's Wonderland theme park. So it's inside of this multi-assistance center that they have there which is actually really cool in itself. I'm not going to get into all the details, but they created the center close to the park. And it's a wonderful place for people who have needs and disabilities to go to find uh, things for healthcare, living assistance, and tons of other resources. And they recently added this hair and nail salon to the center there. It's a bit different because what they do is they focus on um, emphasizing the needs and recognizing um, things for individuals with sensory issues. Um, They don't force services, which is super cool. I don't know if anybody's ever been in that situation before, but feeling the pressure of a salesperson, it's it's really hard to deal with that. So this, uh, they they don't force any services. They create this really relaxed and pressure-free environment, and all the stylists are actually trained to understand and accommodate the guests. I I just love this. And I thought what we would do here is I would just show a quick little clip on um, Morgan's Wonderland and some of the things that they've done there. So let me pull this up. Okay, here we go. To make
1: Morgan's salon ultra-accessible and fully
0: inclusive, Gordon turned to the community for input.
1: I talked to experts, and we talked to caregivers, and we talked to family members, and we talked to friends, and we talked to everybody possible who could possibly use uh, a salon like this.
0: It was a lot of uh, thinking, honestly, thinking outside. Side of the box, truly, um, you know, making sure it's wide enough, making sure we have special equipment, keeping a station open for any of our individuals that may be in wheelchairs, just making sure it's accessible.
1: There is a unique portable sink so guests in wheelchairs can get
0: their hair washed while remaining in their chairs. All products are fragrance free. And polishes are water-based to ensure they are safe for guests with sensitivities. And we're going to have um, some fun tinsel, clip-in extensions, just to be able to give them that hair color experience without the harsh chemicals. All right, there you go. So some of the cool, unique things that they are going to be offering there. What do you think?
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I I love what Morgan's Wonderland has done just in general, uh, but they've really leveled up. Our expectations, uh, I think just guess expectations, but just uh, they've, they've really been a leader, I think, in driving this type of accessible, uh, DEI-focused attraction. I don't, I don't even know what I say. like, you know, interaction environment and like just being focused on it, right? Because now they're doing the salons and just anything that has to do with experiences. And they've built a whole, you know, like an entire hotel that's right across from Morgan's Wonderland as well. That's also part of, the, you know, part of the whole uh, Morgan's Wonderland uh, accessible experience. So I just, yeah, I love what they're doing. I think it's great.
0: Me too. It's fabulous. And we're starting to see more and more of these businesses popping up all over the place. I just wanted to show this one off. Quickly, a friend of mine in entrepreneurs organization in Calgary created this a few years ago. It's called the Little E Cafe. It's a really unique coffee house, and their mission is to provide meaningful and productive employment opportunities for individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Their first location was in Calgary, and you can see a picture of it here. And they have just expanded, and they've opened up another one in Toronto now. And what I think was so wonderful this place is, it was inspired um, through their daughter. This is little, uh, this is Ella here, um, and you can see the family. Paul and his wife and their little daughter here. Um, So it was inspired by her. So she has Down syndrome. And what they wanted to do was create a really cool work environment. This is their Toronto location where people with disabilities could come. And I just, I love watching them on Instagram. They have tons of pictures of their staff just having a really great time, enjoying the experience, people coming in and grabbing great coffees there. And I'm just so excited just to see that these places are starting to come alive. And you know what I'm wondering, does anybody else have places like this in their area? And if you do share in the comments, we'd love to know if there's other places like this that exist out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not just, obviously not just on the attraction side or on the salon side, but just in general, I'd Love to see what other businesses are doing. Really interesting things about, uh, you know, about accessibility and, and just being open. And yeah, I think it's a, uh, it's a, it's a good, it's a good human trend that we're going down, uh, which is, really? you know, it's good to see. So I got caught by clickbait this morning and I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but it's all right. It was, it was actually, was really interesting. And so uh, the clickbait that I clicked on was how fast, uh, well, I can't remember the exact name of the article, but basically it was about how fast revolving restaurants spin. And I was like, okay, all right, tasting table, you've got me. I want to (laughs) know how fast revolving restaurants spin. And so they, they, they throw it out right away, but then they go into the history of revolving restaurants. And like, I really got. Down into the weeds there. But basically, I'll, I'll give you the answer right away. First of all, most well-known revolving dining rooms, they move at about a speed of about one revolution per hour. So they go around, the restaurant spins about one hour. And so as a result, like depending on the size of the restaurant, it's almost imperceptible. You just happen to be eating, and like next thing you know, you're like, oh wait, our view is a little bit different. And so it's obviously really, really popular still but it really hit its main heyday in mid 20th century. So like basically 1950s to the 1970s. And, uh, you know, majority of them are actually, uh, the majority of the ones that are operating in the Western hemisphere were built by a single company. It's Macton Corporation. It was founded in 1947. And it's now currently owned by this BBM railway equipment. So which tells me that probably what happens underneath is probably like a, like a train track, like a track that then rolls along. So that's my guess why a railway equipment company would buy this. But basically the very first stage is a revolving stage was created in Jones beach, New York, uh, by Macdon. He then said like, okay, well maybe I could build a revolving restaurant. And so, you know, he's, they've gone on, the company's gone on to do the CN tower in Toronto, the stratosphere in Las Vegas And then a hundred other venues across the world are all done by the same company. And so the first one, I've got a picture of it here. The very first revolving restaurant was actually this Florian, it's called the Florian term in Dortmund, Germany. So at the time, this was the tallest building in Europe. So the Florian, when it was built, it was the tallest building in Europe and it was built and opened in May 1st, 1959. So this was like at the height of like when everybody was really interested in the space age, right? Like we're going, to, like we're thinking about going to the moon we're talking about shooting rockets into space. Like the Jetsons was out and we we're like thinking about what the futuristic existence would look like. And so there's these tall revolving restaurants, right? Um, you think about the Seattle space needle was also built and showcased in 1964 or excuse me, 1962 at the world's fair. And um, so, yeah, like basically at the time, and there's still a few left. So at the time, like here's one in Phoenix. So I've been to this one many times. In fact, actually, I went to a, a prom, uh, a dinner for prom even at this one. It's called the Compass Room. And, uh, you know, here's a view from the from from it looking out over the Phoenix Valley. Um, but, uh, you know, at the time, there was basically locations in more than half of the 50 United States and 70 countries worldwide. So it, the, the last thing I'll say, uh, because I think I just found this super interesting – the control system for these things actually has no max speed, so that means nope. it, and it's controlled by the front desk. So the front desk can decide how fast the restaurant spins, and so I just you know think like somebody cranking up the speed and like the guests like going around really fast in circles, but. They did find that there are studies that show a faster rotation results in quicker table turnover. And so that's why it sits up at the front desk. If they're having trouble, like not getting guests out in enough time, they can turn up the speed of the restaurant. And apparently it leads people to to vacate a little bit faster. So that's your that's your little bit of education for today. I'd love to. But, you know, have you ever been in a revolving restaurant, Christine?
0: Yeah, because, okay, so I was going to say the Calgary Tower here, which is our big iconic thing. It's a revolving restaurant. So here's the funny thing is I never went up to the top of the Calgary Tower until about maybe five years ago, which actually seems like a long time uh, because I was always afraid like they have the glass bottom though that you can look out at. And um, Mm. so I've been up there now and it's pretty cool, but I've never actually eaten in the restaurant. So now you've made me want to go and give it a try and see if I can actually tell how fast it rotates around and uh, goes around in circles.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, you could see the floor moving a little bit. And so, and actually the one, there's a, there's a restaurant in San Antonio. So there's a tower in San Antonio. So if any of you are going to the FEC summit in San Antonio, you'd be able to go check out the revolving restaurant there as well.
0: Oh, that's very cool. I'm. It's very. It's curious technology, and it's curious that only one company actually builds these kind of systems, right? Well, but you yeah. know, what's even scarier is that you're. All these are really high up in the air, and you've got this revolving, massive, revolving piece of metal that's twisting around at the top of something, right? So, yeah, kind of freaky when you think about yeah. it.
1: Yeah. 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 Especially the ones that are like suspended on poles, like the Florian, ter- the, the Florian term in, in Germany, you know, the, the compass room is like sitting on top of the building. It's not going anywhere. But the oh, okay. yeah, the ones that are in poles, like you think, okay, when is this thing just going to like break and fall, you know, go slide yeah. down a pole? Yeah.
0: yeah. What about if you have an earthquake or something crazy goes yeah. on in Europe? Your- I don't know, kind of scary. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> the fun things in life. Well, do you know what else turns and twists around actually? <laughs> it's Tetris pieces. <laughs> so I don't know. Did you hear about this kid that beat Tetris?
1: Uh, well, I did, but from you. So no, please tell me a little bit more about it.
0: <laughs> Let me tell you about this guy. So this All right. kid, Willis Gibson, here, I'll, I'll bring up a picture of him. This kid here, Willis Gibson, 13 year old kid from Oklahoma, was the first person to actually be believed to have beaten the original Nintendo version of Tetris. Now, um, he hit level 157 in under 39 minutes, encountering the kill screen, where the game becomes unplayable due to programming limits. So essentially, he's just playing, and it all kind of crashes and burns, essentially. Previous to this, only artificial intelligence had been able to reach that uh, kill screen. Which was pretty incredible. So he did it in 39 minutes, which is nuts. And I'm going to bring up a little video so we can actually watch how fast he moves the pieces. Like, I I don't know how his brain can comprehend the movement, as a matter of fact. Now, uh, Gibson is, um, he started playing Tetris at 11, and he says he plays between three to five hours a day, which is nuts. Three to five hours a day, you'd have to play that much to be this good at it. And he played. He placed third in the classic Tetris World Championship chips, and he was the youngest competitor. But here, let's take a peek. Uh, I just want to show you guys how fast this kid actually moves the pieces. It's quite insane.
1: Yeah, this is this is crazy. I also have to give credit to Nintendo for having an NES, an original NES that still operates that much on a regular <laughs> daily basis.
0: Can you see this? Look at how fast oh, yeah. the pieces are moving, and he's put. I mean, I don't know, man.
1: Yeah, there's there's some like he's got to have some crazy savant, um, there's like capability or mindset or whatever. I mean, it's and like he's what what level is he even on? He's only at level nineteen at this point. we gotta okay, we gotta so, s- fast forward to like I want to see what he's like at uh, like level one twenty or something.
0: Okay, let me see if I can get there because this 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 video is like an hour or something long. Here. Okay.
1: This is why you've got to come play. Stop Big Bang. Oh, if you
0: gosh. want to do the Preston Walls fight, there's only one place yeah. to get it. Okay, okay, there, there, yes. Okay, there. This is level... I don't even know what level this is. Level, this is BD,
1: level BD, whatever level BD is. That's crazy. Okay. Oh, my gosh.
0: This is nuts. How How on earth is this even possible is my question. How can a human do this?
1: I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you, can, if you do anything three to five hours a day, maybe, but um, still there's probably, has gotta be some top limit, but this guy's past it. So it's incredible. Yeah. It's almost mesmerizing. And the dude like doesn't move. He's like not yeah. actually moving at all. So maybe that's part of it too, is he gets, stays oh. so calm, like emotionally calm instead of getting stressed out. I bet there's a lot there too.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and what was a bit interesting about this is he ended up dedicating his world record winning to his late father, Adam Gibson, who had recently passed. So I almost wonder if he was using that as a, a comforting tool, a way to kind of yeah. deal with his loss of death.
1: Yeah, that could be. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I think it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. I have used to play Treacherous quite a bit. That was like one of the only games that I actually enjoyed playing and uh, one of the video games that I enjoyed playing on my NES. And uh, I think I maybe passed like level thirty-five or something like that. I can't even remember what level I got past, but it was yeah. not uh, definitely wasn't level one hundred and fifty-seven. So
0: listen, listen. The key is you just need to free up three to five hours a day, and then you will be able to do this. So yeah, <laughs> priority, yeah, of course. Priorities. Yeah, priority,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So Las Vegas. Many of it, oh, you're going to Las Vegas tomorrow for CES. So yeah. excited! Yeah. You'll you'll be reporting from CES, reporting live but while you're while we're while you're in Vegas maybe you can go swing by the Luxor hotel and check out it's, it's opening January 18th so you're gonna get there a little bit early so unfortunately you're not probably going to be able to see it but this place called play playground so play playground and it's basically being called a fantastical and immersive attraction designed for uh, for basically all ages but uh all ages during the day, only adults at night. And, um, you know, it's about this whole competitive socializing component. So it's 15,000 square feet. They have 20 different larger-than-life nostalgic games. it will have two bars, VIP mezzanines, and then private event spaces. And what's interesting, though, is that there's not going to be any VR, AR, or arcade games in the new playground. It instead features tactile, memory, puzzle, and team games. And so Luxor is really just trying to make a play at being this like the the the, so the Las Vegas is most immersive, uh, and, uh, have most immersive experiences anywhere on the Strip, and so this is one of their things. Particle Inc. also opens up in March. I'm hoping Particle Inc. is open by the time we're there for Amusement Expo because I'd really love to go check that out, and hopefully we don't we don't miss that. But I just wanted to share a little bit on their website, just show a couple of different things that they actually have, some of their different attractions, and and I actually thought they have a really good website as well. So like just a good design. I can see some of the different things. Uh, Now, you know, I don't get to see an actual play, you know, experience, but basically they've got a really well-designed thing. And so here's a couple of different attractions. There's the ring Run, full size operation, you know, perfect popper. If you guys remember the little table thing that would like pop, you know, like it was called perfection, you know? And so there was a game perfection. There's a, you know, move it, stomp it. And so, you can see here, yeah, just a bunch of the different things. You've got the bar that comes around here. So it's all really just blended together from one attraction, you know, one game to the next.
0: Oh, neat. Oh.
1: Yeah. This is kind of cool. Really cool design space. Like, Do you
0: know, this reminds me a lot of um, the Monopoly, the life-size Monopoly experience. I know it, it, that mm-hmm. was just on Monopoly, but this is, they've kind of taken the whole idea of, Creating these little games that used to exist and then rebuilding them as attractions. This is this is gonna be fun.
1: Yeah, I think I think this is gonna do really well. And I would imagine that if it does well in Vegas, unless the Luxor has some sort of exclusive ex- exclusivity or something, that we'll see this concept expand into other locations. It is a separate company that decided to create that created this and operates it called Play Social Inc. And so I would imagine that. That this place Inc has plans to take this concept and put it in other locations, but they haven't said so yet. So we'll see how well it does once it opens in January.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. That's too bad it's not going to be open when I head out there. Darn it.
1: I know. Uh, I know.
0: Bummer, bummer. All right. Um, okay, well, should we call it there? Should we call it a day? Yeah. Yeah,
1: let's, let's... do it. Uh, so the next time we'll do this, you will be in Vegas mm-hmm. checking out CES. So I'm super excited. I've never been to CES, so I'm very jealous that you're going yeah. out there. And um, you know, maybe I'll get there next year.
0: Yes, that's right. Maybe let's 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 aim for it for next year because there's so many cool things to check out in Vegas, anyway.
1: Yeah, awesome. Okay. All right, LBXers, it's good to see you all on Monday, uh, January eighth. This is all of us, uh, CB VW signing off. Stay tuned and keep kicking ass.
0: Have a great day, guys.